Lord, we do lift up your name and say that it's glorious because you give and you take away, but there's one thing you've given that you'll never take away, and that is your love, your presence, and the fact that you've made us your children. We thank you that when you gave Jesus, you took away sin. When you gave Jesus, you took away guilt, you took away shame, you took away everything that we couldn't take away. Lord, thank You that in giving Yourself, You gave us a new life that could not be taken. And so that even as we walk through this new life in You, Jesus, that we can stand when things are taken away. Lord, when relationships are taken away, when material and physical things are taken away, Lord, even when we lose people we love, Lord, some of us have lost children, babies. Lord, we can still bless You because Your love remains the same today and forever and Your care as a Father is perfect. And so, Lord, we we just lift our voices and say to You now, hear our love for You. We love You, Lord. We love You even as You've loved us. I'm going to invite... Nate Visser, to come forward. This is part of a response to God's love. That we um, have Nate Visser, who's um, responding to God's love and a call on your life. And so I want to invite you to share your sense of what that call is. Absolutely. All right. Um, So when I became a Christian um, three and a half years ago, I'm a senior year of high school. Um, The first thing that I became aware of was a general call um, towards ministry. And this is not specifically for me. This is for Christians. And um, it was becoming an ambassador, a representative for Christ. And um, that changed me, transformed me. Um, But there's been a special call that was placed on my life after that, um, starting into the summer, leading into um, my my first year at college, and that was a call towards ministry. And I just remember the opportunities that um, God put me in a Bible study to lead and other things I was totally ill-prepared for, and God blessing that and shaping me um, and bringing me eventually to the west side. Not a decision I would make, um, thinking it through. And then bringing me to Gold Ave Church and giving me wonderful pastors and a wonderful congregation um, where I am encouraged to grow my call. And how um, this kind of turned out was um, that Pastor Dave one day, I I expressed my interest in growing um, my gift of public speaking, which, if you know me, is not my forte, um, but just offering me a space to to grow that um, an internship here. And that is right now just where I'm inviting all you guys um, to help discern this with me. Um, and hopefully it will be a blessing along the way um, to me for sure and, and hopefully to you as well. But right now I'm kind of exploring this, this special calling um, within the general calling of, of ministry um, to become a pastor one day. And... So I hope we all are hearing that God has this call on all of us to be ambassadors for Jesus, right? 
And then um, we anticipate that um, Nate is one of many that God's going to call up into vocational ministry through this church. And so it's important for us to hear, how is God guiding? And how, how did he guide in this situation, Nate? Because all of us are going to wonder at times, is he giving us guidance? And so if you could just summarize, how did you sense that particular call? Absolutely. Um, so one way that God has spoken to me is through his word, um, which, is, which is perfect and um, useful for teaching, rebuking, also useful for guidance, um, it turns out. And just finding um, a lot of verses that, that call me into becoming like Christ. And, I mean, that means having a ministry because um, our, our master has a ministry. And um, so finding opportunities to do that, finding that God blessed them when I um, stepped out to, to try them. And then also through having a lot of friends and, and um, pastors, um, a congregation, um, of the old church that I was at, this is when I started discerning this. Um, just having like surprising people, like people coming up to me and, and saying, "Do you ever thought about being a pastor?" And um, I'm like, "Yeah, I have before." Kind of scares me. Um, and but just having that over and over again, um, that confirmation from other believers, um, but also confirmation through His Word. Um, that's helpful, isn't it? That, you know, God speaks and kind of illuminated certain scriptures to him. He also was hearing it through other people confirming his gifts. He was seeing fruit as he took these steps of obedience to lead a Bible study, which he felt ill-equipped for, and yet the Lord was bringing fruit. And so this opportunity um, is an unpaid internship that you've proposed and the board has accepted. And um, there's stages in this, and so this summer is the first phase. And he'll be spending about 25 hours a week or so um, helping primarily with the Wednesday night Embers to Flames prayer training that we're going to offer this summer, as well as under um, Mark Essenberg's direction and um, Vic and Andrew, spending some time exploring working with children's ministries and also adult ministries in our grace space and food pantry and maybe some other things. So that's the first phase. And then we'll evaluate, and he'll evaluate and determine, but it could be that this goes on right through seminary. And so let's pray for him. We're going to commission him this morning. And Pastor Dave, will you join me? And um, let's, let's pray and bless our brother. Lord, we thank you for um, Nate. And we thank you for the good gifts that you've given him and that you're fanning those into flame. And so, Lord, we pray that this summer would be a blessing. Lord, that it would be a blessing to the people that he interacts with in this community and within our church. Lord, I pray that it would be a blessing to Nate, Lord, and that you would use even this summer internship to further guide and to further direct his walk and his path. Nate, we uh, anoint you with oil in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to remind you not only that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, but also that you live in him and he in you, and that it's his spirit that is going to strengthen you and grow you and work through you for ministry. And so we call you and pray for you uh, to abide in Jesus Christ, to put your roots down deep 
in the word of God, in God's love. Spend much time with the Lord in prayer and be filled with his Holy Spirit for representing him and sharing in his ministry. Amen. Praise the Lord. We can praise the Lord this way. I'm, um, I'm going to ask Sharon Adama to come forward. Thank you, Nate. I'm going to ask Sharon to come forward, and um, I want the children to stay in here because I think that this will be a really important thing for you to hear and see as well, and then we'll dismiss you to children's worship, okay? We're going to um, celebrate many years of um, Sharon's faithfulness to that call to be an ambassador to Christ and to be an ambassador particularly to kids and through Children's Bible Club. Sharon, what has God been having you do, and how long has he had you doing it? Um, Well, I've been involved. I I tried to figure it out. I think it's like over 33 years with Kids Life Bible Clubs, and I was just when I started, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been a long time, and it's just been a real blessing in my life. And um, I know there's other people here that have been involved. Maybe they could raise their hand. Chad and Jan, Betty. Arla, um, and Trisha, and so uh, Heather, yep. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a real blessing to. Um, so what we do is we go to the schools and um, in <clears throat> Western Michigan, not only just Grand Rapids, but in Holland and other areas too. And we want to bring, um, an, uh, have the children encounter God in some way. And that God loves them and that Jesus died on the cross to forgive their sins and that the Holy Spirit can be their living side friend. And so we do this in just unique ways to try and touch um, each child with that message. So um, I, we have um, Bible stories. That's the main thing about Bible verses and lots of songs and um, puppet shows. And so we're going to watch a little bit of a video and um, some of the things that the kids say about Bible Club. And one of the big things is the puppet shows. So um, they do really enjoy those, and they even get a message through that. Sharon, I know you're going to go sit down while we watch this video, but on behalf of this church, we just honor you, and we say thank you. Thank you. And to all of you who have served. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going to watch, praise the Lord, we're going to watch this video, and the reason that we're highlighting this this week is because there's a second offering. So the first offering this week will be for the general fund, and the second one will be to help sponsor this program. And so let's watch the video now. And, and so to all of our children... Um, you can invite people to church and to your Bible clubs and vacation Bible schools. You can be an ambassador for Jesus. And so we're going to invite you to go to children's worship now to continue to learn how to be ministers. And so bless you as you go. Bless the children's worship team as you go and, and lead our children. And let's pray. I'm going to, instead of our normal family prayer time, I'm going to pray pastoral prayer. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your call on our lives to be ambassadors for you. 
And Lord, we thank you that you are raising up more and more people to share the good news of Jesus. Lord, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, we think about those who are not feeling well today. And Lord, we pray particularly for Alita Terpstra, Lord, that you would relieve her pain. Lord, that you would bring a resolution to whatever is is, um, bothering her leg, Lord, and keeping her um, in discomfort. Lord, have mercy. Lord, we pray for Ed Shoemaker, who um, has renal failure, and Lord, who is so eager to go home to be with you and so ready. And so, Lord, we pray that um, you would cause him to not suffer and that you would have mercy. Lord, we pray for Donna Vincent today and all of our shut-ins. Lord, we pray that they would know your presence and that you would be near to them, that you would give them joy and peace. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give back to you, and we pray that you would bless the offering, Lord, to the general fund, and we also pray that as we sow into and um, invest in these Bible clubs, Lord, that many, many, many children and families would come to know you. And so prepare our hearts now as we get ready to hear your word. Lord, would you open our ears and open our hearts Lord, would you bless the preaching of the word today? And would you bless our song of preparation? Prepare us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who are joining us um, for the first time this morning, we're working our way through the Gospel of Luke. Preaching through Luke. And we're at um, chapter 6, 20 to 26 this morning. Who's got a page number in the blue? 1603 in the blue Bibles that are out there on the chairs. So last week, we saw the most beautiful thing. Jesus uh, facing rejection from the leaders of God's people. And so Jesus bringing the kingdom of God, announcing the kingdom of God and being rejected institutes new leadership for the people of God. And he designates 12 as apostles, 12 messengers, 12 who are going to represent him, not only become like him, but represent him. And they come down the mountain, and it's a crash course for those 12 in what they're going to do as they represent Jesus. And so they just get to watch Jesus doing his beautiful work of restoring human hearts and human lives and human bodies. Healing, driving out evil, binding up broken hearts. There's Jesus just pouring out the love of God from one to the next to the next. And this morning, we see Luke just kind of shift the camera from Jesus touching lives to Jesus beginning to address the community. And so picking up at verse 20, Luke says looking at all his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. 
Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe, warning, woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. God's Word. I'd like to begin by um, walking us through a couple of different slides. Five slides that have two pictures on each slide. And there's going to be a question on top of each one. Um, this is the question. Now we'll go through them again and there'll be a different question on top. And you just put it back to the opening, who's truly blessed slide. I believe that as we were flipping through these slides the first time, some of us were looking at the pictures on the left and thinking they're definitely more blessed. But I also believe that many of us were looking at the pictures and thinking, I'm not sure, they could both be blessed. They could equally be blessed. But as we flip through the second time and ask the the question, which one of these circumstances would I prefer? I believe that every one of us was more inclined toward the pictures on the left. Quite naturally, we gravitate toward having um, a cozy home and having the security of not needing to wonder where our meals are going to come from and of having enough joy that it regularly spills over in smiles and laughter. Naturally, we desire these things. And yet, here is Jesus saying, blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, blessed are those who weep, but warnings to you who are well-fed and who laugh now and who have wealth. And he says it, as if a grand reversal is coming. A grand reversal. And that can feel, I think, at least a little bit confusing for us. You know, is Jesus blessing the condition of poverty and hunger and sorrow? Is that what He's doing? Is He warning against having material wealth or full bellies or happy hearts? Or is Jesus not necessarily blessing and warning against these conditions of poverty and wealth, but is he, is he blessing and warning the people that are inside of them? So, so is Jesus blessing all poor people? Is he saying, well, by virtue of being poor, the kingdom of God belongs to you. And by virtue of being wealthy, it doesn't. Or be warned. What exactly is Jesus saying? And to whom? Uh, these warnings are quite serious. And so it seems very important that we would, that we would tease out um, Jesus' meaning and that we would ask first, according to Jesus, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? And before that, perhaps we should ask, according to Jesus, is having blessings the same thing as being blessed? So let's enter that a couple of ways. First, a really simple exercise. Let's just say, is it a blessing to be homeless? No. No, it's not. Is it a blessing to be dangerously hungry? No. 
And when I'm asking these questions, you're thinking in terms of the scope of the whole of Scriptures. God's heart toward humanity, the way that He tells His people to take care of the poor. You know, is it a blessing to be homeless? No. Is it a blessing to be hungry? No. Is it a blessing to weep with pain? No. It's not a blessing. But can a person be homeless, dangerously hungry, weeping with agony, and still be blessed? According to Jesus, yes. Well, let's ask that the other way around. Is it a blessing to have a comfortable home to live in? Yes. Is it a blessing to have enough food to eat? Yes. Is it a blessing to have much to laugh and smile about? Yes. Can a person have all the blessings of a nice home, enough food, and yet not be blessed? Apparently, yes. Yeah. You know, from the um, time that our children were babies, Anne and I would sing to them at night, and um, one of our favorite songs to sing is Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. And inevitably, it would be long after uh, we thought that they fully understood the song that one of them would say to us, Mommy, Daddy, what are blessings? You know, oh, you know, kind of thought you knew that already. So then we would explain, well, blessings are all of the good things that come from God. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And in Matthew 5.45, Jesus says, Your Father in heaven causes the sun to shine on both the good and the bad. He sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. God is very gracious and compassionate. And so the first thing we need to hear is that a person can be quite unrighteous and that they can still have the rain fall and their crops grow and, and have a, a great harvest or they can have a great business idea or they can have a really wealthy relative. They can come into wealth, material blessings, and that all that that person would receive would be counted as blessings. It's a blessing to have a flourishing business makes you able to provide. It's a blessing. But the Bible doesn't say, blessed are those who have many blessings, for those with many blessings are blessed. Let me say that again. The Bible doesn't say, blessed are those with many blessings, because those with many blessings are blessed. No, blessed is quite different than having some or many blessings. And so, We're going to spend a little time unpacking that, but before we do that, it's important for us to notice and to hear at least that Jesus is actually turning things upside down as he speaks these words. Because the dominant mindset of the world that Jesus is speaking to is your physical and material circumstances have a direct one-to-one connection with whether or not God is smiling on you, with whether or not you are blessed. And so, first of all, the whole non-Israelite world, the people that have been coming from outside of Israel that are hearing this message, they would have, they would have thought this way. If you were prospering, they would have said to you or they would have heard the words, Ah, the gods must be smiling upon you for you to be prospering. And if you weren't doing well, your business wasn't working, your crops weren't growing, your body was failing, you must have done something to offend the gods. But then even inside of God's own people, the people that God's been speaking to and revealing His character to, this mindset's still common. 
Jesus is ministering one time and he, he uh, reaches down and puts his hand on and heals a man who's blind. And his disciples turn and they say to him, Lord, who sinned that this man was born blind? Was it him or was it his parents? Why did they say that? Because the mindset is, if you're not blessed physically, if something's wrong with you, a blind man can't work, a blind man can't provide for his family, that must mean that God's not happy with you. There's little, little room in most people's view of the world for being materially poor and yet richly blessed by God. And so here's Jesus redefining for the, for the whole world. He's redefining what it means to be blessed by God. And the key to understanding uh, the blessings and the warnings that Jesus is speaking here is found in verse 22. You want to look at your Bibles. This is what Jesus says. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name, you as evil. Here it is. Because of the Son of Man. Because of Jesus. Because you've aligned your life with Jesus and you're following Jesus and you're loving and you're obeying Jesus. So, Not blessed are you when people hate you because of your political views. Not blessed are you when people exclude you and insult you because they have anger issues. Because your family is dysfunctional. Or because... Or because... But blessed are you when you get excluded, when you get hated, insulted, persecuted, rejected, because your life is aligned with Jesus Christ. These blessings and these warnings all center around the person of Jesus and our attachment to Him. And so, you know, these people, um, these people that Jesus is, is talking to, they're all about to get a huge dose of heartache and rejection because of Jesus. They're going to get kicked out of their places of worship because of Jesus. You're not welcome here anymore. And in this little town where everything revolves around the church, the synagogue, that's a pretty big deal. You're not welcome. You're not a part. You don't belong. You're ostracized. You get mocked and taunted and reminded of it all the time. And these are folks that are going to lose their jobs. Oh, you're with Jesus? I'm not going to be your customer anymore. These are folks that are going to be shunned by their family members. They're going to be, some of them are going to be yelled at by their parents and they're going to hear things like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to our family? We were fine until you started to... This isn't what we believe. Our family believes. Why are you causing this division? And they're told, these are people that are going to be told, you know what, you're deceived. You're being led astray by this Jesus. He's not the way. We know the way. We have Moses. We have... We've always served such and such. You're ruining our family. And you know what? If you keep following this Jesus, don't bother coming. Can you imagine what it would be like to be told you can't see your grandkids? Or your kids? Or your parents? Or you can't have your, your kids see your, your parents? Because you follow Jesus? 
Can you imagine your brother or your sister or somebody who you love looking you in the eye and saying, you know what? I'm drawing the line here. You say that Jesus is the truth, and I don't. And if you keep following him, I'm not your brother. You know, Jesus, Jesus knows the hardship that is coming for every one of these people that he speaks to. And he's not just a teacher. He's a shepherd who loves them. He loves them dearly. And so he's preparing them for this hardship and he's telling them, blessed, blessed are you when people hate you and they exclude you and they insult you and they reject you. Blessed are you when you don't feel blessed. Blessed are you when the rest of the world would look at you and say, whoa, that's horrible. That's miserable. I wouldn't want that. Blessed are you when that happens to you because of me. Blessed are you because you're with me. The blessed, the truly blessed are those whose lives belong to me, who recognize me as the Son of God, as the way and the truth and the life. And they're following me in love and obedience. They are the blessed, regardless of what their circumstances look like. Because, and here's the thing, external circumstances don't dictate, don't necessarily dictate whether or not God is smiling on us whether or not He is really blessing us. So what does that mean for us this morning? Well, I think it means a lot of things, but I'm going to suggest at least two. Let the Holy Spirit speak the rest. Here's the first one. I think it means that we need to be really careful when we're making judgments about our own lives. When we... Uh, judge whether consciously or unconsciously whether we're blessed and whether we're feeling blessed. That we ought to ask ourselves, how am I assessing my own life? Am I assessing my life and whether I'm blessed by external factors? Am I saying I'm blessed because of the external things in my life? I might have a lot of blessings. I might not. How am I assessing myself? Is it through food, clothing, shelter, finances, friends, and jobs? Or am I assessing my life through God's eyes that to belong to Jesus Christ is to be supremely and eternally and fully and finally blessed? You can't get more blessed than belonging to Jesus Christ. You see, how we assess our blessedness makes a huge difference on what daily life looks like. Because if we belong to Christ and yet we don't see ourselves as blessed, then we're assessing by external factors, then we're much more prone to suffer from low-lying ungratefulness that leads to depression. We won't have joy that radiates if we're assessing by external factors. And we won't care about other people's souls if we're assessing by external factors. And we won't be fruitful and effective in sharing the Gospel if we're assessing by externals. But if we belong to Jesus and we're able to see ourselves as blessed regardless of hardship or circumstances, we will be able to be joyful and content no matter what our circumstances and we'll be focused on eternal things. Paul says... Therefore, since you're in Christ, lift up your eyes 
heavenly things, eternal things, even on earth. So it makes a difference. It makes a difference to the condition of our soul. It's not a question that we ask each other very often anymore. How is it with your soul? We say, how are you? But your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will, your daily conscious and subconscious life, how is it? Can you say I'm good when there's a lot of not good going on? I'm well. I'm blessed. You call Dave Ramsey. Anybody listen to Dave Ramsey? If anybody asks him how you doing, he says, better than I deserve. Blessed. Why? doesn't depend on the externals. So, God's giving an invitation this morning, first and foremost, to us to look at our own lives and how we define ourselves, and that affects how we feel through the lens and through the eyes of belonging to Jesus Christ. But then I think, secondly, God wants to speak to experiences of hardship that we do have and persecution that will come our way by being rooted in Jesus and in the truth. Because the truth divides, and it divides us from others. And, um, you know, yesterday morning, uh, Pastor Gina and I were teaching at Madison, and we had a young woman come up to us, and right away she says, I used to be a Muslim, and then I, I came to Jesus. And ever since I came to Jesus, I'm defined as an apostate. And so if I fall into the hands of the wrong Muslims, if I go back to where I come from and they find out that I'm with Jesus, they'll kill me on the spot. So her situation, I want to say first, is actually very common. And we, we just need to be aware that as a part of the family of Jesus followers around the world, this is really common experience. And it might not be our experience here in North America. We have relative, uh, relatively great liberty. And we praise and we thank God for that. But... Even inside of that liberty, there's hardship. There is um, pushback. There is persecution for being with Jesus. And so what might that look like? For some of us, that might look like bumping up against attitudes in schools and in workplaces and in the public sector where biblical Christianity is becoming viewed more and more as narrow-minded and outdated. And where we might be labeled as such. And so, maybe it's not so hard to say I'm a Christian. But maybe once you start engaging in talking about what that means, and what you believe, and what Jesus says, and the life that he calls us to, and what sin is, then it starts to matter. And then you, then you, might, get, then you might get called narrow-minded and exclusive, and how can you push, you know? For others of us, it might look like facing the anger of a friend or a family member or anyone whose life is being affected because we've decided to follow Jesus and they don't understand our decisions. They don't understand the changes that we're making in our lives as we're responding to God's love. They don't understand that we need to distance ourselves from old sin patterns. And that's going to mean that we don't go to some places anymore. And that's going to mean that we can't be with certain people anymore. And that's going to mean that we can't engage in certain activities anymore. Activities that were anywhere from just unfruitful all the way to evil. That might mean, for some of us, it might mean that um, God's particular call on us is that we give up um, careers or career options that could make a whole lot more money. 
that, that might look a whole lot better. And we might have parents or siblings who don't understand. And they, they, they do anything from question to push back to talk down to. I know that for some of you young people, God's got calls on your lives and there's, there's, there's pushback. You don't get full support. But that's coming because you're aligning yourself with Jesus and His call. And because people don't understand, the new, some people don't understand the new life that we have in Jesus. Others don't understand what it means to let Him direct our lives. They get angry. They get angry. And we get the brunt of their anger. And that's not easy. And Jesus says to us this morning, Blessed. Blessed are you when people hurt you when they push you to the side, when they, they dump you as a friend, or they put up walls between you as a family member, or, or when they make you feel like you've got no brain because you're following Jesus. Blessed are you. You're so blessed. This is what everyone in all times who's ever loved and followed God, who's hungered and thirsted after God, has ever experienced. And blessed are you, even if it doesn't feel blessed, if it doesn't look blessed by other people's standards, blessed are you, because you belong, through me, to a Father in Heaven, who says, not a hair can fall from your head without my will, who loves you, who cares for you, who's watching over you, and who says nothing's going to separate you. Even when you're getting separated on this earth, nothing's going to separate you from my love. Blessed are you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we agree with you. And we thank you that you call us blessed and that you bless our lives through Jesus. We thank you that in Jesus we can't get any more blessed than we are today. Lord, we pray for some of us, open our eyes to the riches of your grace. Take us deeper into what it means that you've called us out of darkness and into light. Take us deeper into the cross, into suffering with Jesus and dying and rising with Jesus. Take us deeper in what it means to die to sin and die to the world that doesn't know you. Take us deeper into what it means to be blessed. And Lord, for those of us who have experienced difficulty and pushback and hardship and who's, who've, who've been rejected by friends, I pray that you bring comfort, that you bring healing to hearts, that you'd assure of your presence, that you'd say, keep following, you're on the right track. I'm proud of you. I'm with you. Strengthen us as your bride, O Lord. You want a bride that's pure, that's holy, that's spotless? Strengthen us as your bride, even as you fill us and equip us to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. And um, this young woman that we met yesterday was such a model to me of receiving the love of God. She 
so knew how much God loved her that actually that 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 persecution, God not only comforted her and guided her, but actually put a call on her to pray. It was for a thousand, I don't know, like thousands of Muslims to convert. And so um, just be sensitive that where you may be persecuted, that the Lord may put a call on you to start praying and blessing, not only forgiving, but blessing um, and praying for them to know the love of God, even in the same way as we do. So let's sing. Would you lift up your hearts to receive God's blessing? The King blesses you with these words. In and through Jesus, the Lord blesses you, the Lord keeps you, the Lord makes His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord's face is turned toward you and He gives you His peace. Live in it now and always. Amen. Hey, um, our new intern, May, is waiting to hear from you about whether Wednesday or Thursday nights work better for that um, prayer training this summer. So make sure you fill in your poll or let him know. And then the other thing to just remind you of, some of you have already started to send in your discernment about discipleship and ways that we might um, grow in Christ. And I'd love to hear from many more of you. And so as you pray about that this month as we're called to prayer, please send in your um, discernment. And so there's some refreshments over here. Thank you so much for you um, guests that are here. Blessings.